And now, Dan Happel's Connecting the Dots. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. The men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. God bless the USA. Well, happy Independence Day and welcome to Connecting the Dots with Dan Havel. Today, uh, we are going to have a great program. Uh, I don't know if Kate is going to be able to join us, uh, Kate Shemarani, but uh, I'm hoping that she will join us as well. But I know for sure that uh, Carrie Madej is going to be joining us. And I, uh, Carrie, thank you for being our guest. The last time you were on with us, you were exposing just exactly what was in the vaccines, uh, well, so-called vaccine, it really wasn't, uh, but in the jab and the nanotechnology and what some of the things that were lurking in those jabs. Well, as it turned out, uh, everybody is now exposing what was in those jabs and the whole world is starting to realize that we have been led down the primrose path by fear by misunderstanding, by misdirection, and everybody is finally starting to wake up to the reality is the world is under the control of some very, very evil people. And if we don't uh, depend on our relationship with God to come back from this, uh, we won't survive as a nation or as a race, as a species. Uh, humanity is dependent on God for everything, because after all, we are created in His image. And I'm going to start the program, if you don't mind, uh, with a uh, reading of the last sentence of the Declaration of Independence, and that is, and I'm quote, and for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And uh, anyone who says that the separation of church and state is uh, stipulated in our founding are absolutely speaking falsehoods. Uh, we were created as a nation under God with the understanding of common law being part of what's called uh, the laws of nature's God. 
And this is straight out of the Protestant Reformation. Uh, we are very definitely uh, children of God, and we need to look to Him for our divine guidance. Uh, Terry, I, I, I want to call you doctor, but I know you, uh, I, I want you to explain maybe how that all happened and uh, tell us a little bit about some of the things that have been going on in your life. But we need to get away from fear, and we need to get back to uh, standing on faith rather than fear. Yeah. Well, um, the reason is that, as like many of my colleagues, I was getting um, constantly attacked by the medical board for misinformation, and they continued to escalate it. Um, the attorney general was getting serious. They were sending sheriffs to my house with with fraudulent letters. The thing is, you've got to know how to stand and know what your rights are, because I could have easily fallen for this. And then I found out that they had hired a new um, a chairperson of the medical board here, who is in charge of, he's a psychiatrist in charge of regulatory uh, disorders or people that don't follow regulatory law, a psychiatrist. You know where this is going, because they will put they can do something called a 1013 to anybody including doctors my colleagues have had this happen where they can force you to go into a psych unit for 72 hours so i, I knew where this is going and um and i was tired of i was just exhausted i mean the medical industry is a death cult i didn't i don't want to be associated with it what what, what things are good that we can prescribe anymore right what can we do as a good physician and so, and I was angry, righteous anger. And so I finally realized um, what was going on with maritime law that I was held back by them and I will not do that anymore. So I put them on notice. So I'm not done with them. It's an open-ended notice. So first of all, I told them who I am. I told them that I am the daughter of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am an American free woman, and I am the grantor of the original jurisdiction and its beneficiary, so who are you? That makes them my employee, and they know that. And I also said they're on notice because they broke God's law, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights, and that they are a death cult. And I separated away formally because you cannot serve two masters, obviously, and that um, I was separating away from my fictitious self, so therefore they had no, uh, they have no jurisdiction over me. So, and I wrote, of course, to the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, which gives us the right to prescribe controlled substances, et cetera, testosterone. I only used it like twice in the last five years for testosterone. So anyway, the funny thing is about that. Um, well, anyway, when I did that, it was like a tharsis. I, I, I literally felt like this fetter came off my neck. I never had anything like that happen. I felt like, I, could, I felt more free. I, I mean, literally, I am completely free to say, what I want. And that's uh, amazing. I wish I did that a long time ago. But anyhow, that was in January. And um, about a month ago, at a residence that I'm staying at, two sheriff cars with lights came to the residence and a car with a the top DEA agent from Georgia came to the door. And so, of course, I'm not going to answer because they don't have a warrant. This is all trespassing. Um, a friend of mine answered the door, stay with friends. And um, they just gave her a letter. They didn't know what to do. They looked like, you know, we're not dealing with the cream of the crop. They look like a couple of doofuses. I guess she asked them for IDs and two of them had to write their names on a blank card. I mean, this, I mean you have to understand that a lot of these, you have to know our rights because 
they were violating so many of our rights. But anyhow, um, and then they had to tell them, get off the property because you're trespassing, right? And then they finally had to do that. So the letter was not signed. It was not dated. It was a, it's a fraudulent letter, but they wanted to see if they could uh, intimidate me. But anyway, the letter, I had to read it 10 times because I was confused. The letter was pretty much saying it was giving me the offer that I could go to a hearing on a military base. Wow. And, and I, okay, that, yeah, like I'm, how stupid do they think I am? Mm-hmm. So I could go to a hearing and I could plead my case to get my license back. I gave them the license. They didn't take it away. So this is a form of gaslighting. I had to reread it like 10 times. And then I laughed because if this is all they have, right? But why were they doing that? People didn't understand. I said, well, it's really simple because I left their jurisdiction. They have no power over me. I said, so they're trying to drag me back want any way they can. Maybe I could get, a, if I got an attorney, as a bar attorney, or, you know, I answered it. If I answered it saying that I'm, I'm the person they say I am, then I go back to their jurisdiction. But anyhow, um, you know, I just sent it back, you know, mail fraud, uh, USC, I think code 183242, I forgot, I don't have it memorized, but mm-hmm. everything, you know, wrong, uh, wrong person, wrong address, et cetera. So, um, but the point is, uh, we're getting somewhere with that. And I also told them in the, in the letter that they do not have the right to take away my ability to heal people because I will still do that. So they don't have these rights, you know, to, to hold over, I mean, to take away from us that I would still do that. And the example led by Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the apostles and the prophets. And, and that's what I'm working on right now, because that's the true way we heal. And there's some exciting things in the pipeline, um, of how we can heal. Well, I, you know, I, what you're describing is very similar to what happened to, uh, Dr. Michael Rechtenwald, the uh, NYU professor, and he, he even admitted he was a Marxist uh, before the, uh, the, the uh, faculty and the chancellor and the university actually uh, came to him when he started to question free speech zones. He started to question why they were setting up free, free speech zones and why they were uh, restricting people from being able to say what they wanted to say in the classroom. And, uh, and I mean, the guy was a Marxist uh, at the time. And when he said that, uh, they started attacking him, and they said that he was mentally ill and uh, that he needed to go to uh, mental counseling because he was obviously losing his mind to question anything that they were doing. Well, long story short, he ended up, uh, they had to pay him retirement because he was fully uh, vested and tenured as a professor at NYU. And he started writing books uh, like Springtime for Snowflakes and uh, things, you know, exposing what was going on with the left. But they never relented from that, and to this day, they say that he's mentally ill, and that's why he's no longer there. That's what they're trying to do, and this is straight out of the Soviet Union. Of course, that's what uh, Joseph Stalin did. He labeled people as mentally ill so that he could send them away to the gulags. And I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This is 
the world we're living in now. Understanding that is so critical for people. And uh, Carrie, you have a clear understanding of the founding of this nation. I know that because I've, I've spoken to you uh, at, uh, at the Red Pill in Salt Lake, and I know uh, this is really near and dear to you is that we are so far away from what our founders intended, which is that our country would be based on unalienable rights, based on God's law, not on man's law, and that government was only to be there just to protect our rights to live under God's laws. That's the only reason that we were ever going to form a government is to protect the rights of the individual to uh, worship or do whatever they want as long as they didn't affect their neighbors. Yeah, amen. And people forgot their role. <laughs> I mean, it's God, then us, you know, then uh, the Constitution and the government entities. So, you know, it, we are the top and then the buck start, stops with us. So if these entities and individuals are not following the original constitution, then it's our duty to correct that, our, us, we the people. So all these people are going, oh, what are we gonna do? Are you looking at yourself, right? And it takes mm -hmm. a very small amount of people to do this. And what happened is that we got really lackadaisical, lazy, apathetic. That's the real disease is apathy. Mm -hmm. And um, ignored some rights that were being, that seemed to be minimal at the time, some rights that were being ignored. They're like, oh, well, it's just nothing, right? Well, this, this is the problem is because then it just snowballs and it compounds on top of each other. And also, you know, dumbing down um, of the children, uh, of everybody in the school system so that they don't even know who and what they are. They don't even know their rights, taking God out of everything. And we found out what happens when, when you do that because we're, we're living it right now. So it's, it's a big learning lesson we're going through. It's a big shaking that had to happen. I tell people this, this had to happen. We were already the walking dead. So you have to look at it in the right, uh, you know, with the right lens and that those that want to um, walk in the kingdom of God will rise to the occasion. And I, the scriptures old and new, everybody, you must look at the entire Bible, not just revelation. You're going to miss everything out. The entire Bible will tell you exactly what's going on right now and exactly what is promised to us. And it is very exciting. Um, and, you know, I was, uh, I, I don't know if you know or read about with George Washington, he had uh, visions and prophecies. You mm -hmm. ever see that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when he had uh, the, the woman appear to him, like an angelic woman, and then she showed him the three different perils, but the last one is pertinent to this day. But what saves them in, in this vision that he had with her was um, pretty much it was playing out with what the scriptures said, the heavens opened and, and, and heavenly uh, armies came down to help the people here. So um, it's really, it's a really neat prophecy. If people ever want to look it up online, it's um, matches the scriptures here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we cannot separate um the the faith of our founders and i i know there were people of various um i don't know i guess i would call it various faiths or degrees of faith but there's no question about it even people like benjamin franklin that uh claimed to be uh well he never claimed to be 
uh, an atheist, but he claimed to be sort of a, a spiritualist, uh, but not a Christian. Uh, even he, at uh, the points in his life, and especially at the end of his life, talked about the need for uh, the Christian God in his life. And so they all understood the relationship between our, our father and man, and the fact that if we did not understand that relationship, we'd never understand any kind of a relationship with a government, <clears throat> because government is not there to uh, control us, it's there to protect us, just like uh, the founder said. And it's so important for people to understand that uh, the founders, the Declaration of Independence is actually a, uh, I guess I would call it a secondary or third uh, level religious affirmation document, because that's really what it is. Uh, absolutely. And um, people need to, again, remember who and what they are. So, you know, I, I stated who I am. And I think that everybody needs to practice doing that. I have a letterhead to state who I am. That That's really important because we've all been oppressed and suppressed and worn down. And so um, whether people realize it or not, they've, they've downgraded themselves to slaves and we are truly in a slave system under maritime law. So we have to understand what happened and that we're in a corporation, not a, we're not under really a nation's laws. We're under a corporate law. All right. So, you know, we have to learn real history, but even if you, it's overwhelming to you, just, you know, remember who and what you are and you state that, that that's a powerful thing when you state it, when you write it, words are powerful and state who you are. You are a free woman. I mean, those are my words of who I am. And also, um, it, it puts, it puts it out there of, well, how this is going to go down, how this is going to happen. This is our land. This is, these are our families. This is our property. Um, this is our nation and it's putting that declaration out there and with God, everything is possible. I truly believe in that. And as we can see, I mean, we're not, we don't have a functioning government. I mean, look at the white house is boarded up. There's concrete blocks. I've had friends that go to Washington DC. They're like, it, it's like a ghost town with these government buildings. Like nothing's going on. I'm like, yeah, a coup happened and no one told us. <laughs> That's really what happened. We didn't realize that we we're taken over, but um, I don't. I don't go for it in fear at all because um, what we have inside of us uh, with God is pretty amazing, quite powerful. And I look forward to that day. Um, right now, it's really getting others to wake up with us and um, to see um, because. We're not all going to be uh, living in the same way, right? Mm -hmm. So those that still have the scales on their eyes, it's really about waking them up. And of course, the time is is short because children are at stake. Right now, it's about when I, I talked about what's the ingredients inside the shot, they call falsely call a vaccine. In my opinion, the reason why they're doing these uh, synthetic uh, superconducting materials, nanotechnology, hydrogel, et cetera, it's really just an attempt to launch the biggest human trafficking operation ever in the history of us. It's really to, to um, track and trace what they have tried to downregulate us as, as almost animals. And, um, you know, they're after the children primarily. And so this is, this is why we unite 
And this is where we say no and we fight and we don't keep that, that spirit of apathy. Um, I know that we, there's way more, way more of us than there are them. And I believe in the supernatural realm and we have a lot of, um, a lot of help there. And so, um, my heart grieves every day that we wait. So I, I pray that that passion is stirred and just saying, no, do not comply, know your worth, know who you are and you stand firm. Um, and, um, that's, that's what we need to do. And the whole world is looking at us. I just had a call to prayer meeting last night, people from all over the world. Um, we're joining in some pastors and preachers and, you know, we don't realize how fortunate we are in the United States. Um, I think your, your friend James was talking about France. Mm-hmm. I had been uh, talking to people in France for years and they were telling me about what was happening with the Muslims that were being taken in. And again, don't judge everyone just because they're a Muslim. These are specific people brought in who are very violent, who had a mission, you know, like probably paid causing havoc. And it was obvious that the government was condoning it and maybe even being a part of it. So this is not surprising that this happened. It's an excuse to take away their freedoms, but they don't have the, you know, the second amendment, do they? Um, Australians, same thing. They're, they're tricking the Aborigines to give up their sovereignty and they're doing a good job. So uh, as I'm talking to these people in the UK, et cetera, they're all saying the same thing. We're looking at you. We're looking at the United States. We're looking at you have the ability to to do something and to make an example and show the world. So we have a responsibility, not just to ourselves and our families, but truly to the whole world. And um, it's a, yes, it's a, it's a heavy task, but it's something that I believe in us. And I believe um, God doesn't make mistakes and he chose us and we should rise the, to the occasion. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and Carrie, um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the vaccines and the, the nanotechnology, all the things that are in those vaccines, because you, you've gone through, you, you yourself have gone through uh, kind of a, a, a metamorphosis. Uh, you've gone through a process where you've matured a lot in your understanding and faith and they've they've matured together it's all been part of a a process very similar to mine uh you know i've had this uh growth process that comes with enlightenment and understanding of what's really going on in the world and uh, maybe a talk if you wouldn't mind a little bit more about the whole COVID-19 thing and how this really plays in. It's, it's part of their program to dehumanize us and to ruin the, uh, the, the humanity created in God's image and try to circumvent, destroy, and create a new species that's based on uh, a transhumanist agenda. And I mean, this is a big subject. We got a lot to cover in 35 minutes, but this is at the heart of this whole thing and why why it's so important for people to understand this is literally the battle, the, the final battle between good and evil for the soul of humanity. It certainly is. It's a spiritual battle first and foremost. And um, what you're what we're looking at 
I mean, it starts from a long time ago, but you know, World War II was a pivotal point there. Um, and if you don't, if you think that only, only the, the the Bible thumpers know this Bible, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. The Clintons know it well. All of the, you know, the Middle East knows it well. Saddam Hussein. Everybody you can think of, all the world leaders know this scripture better than you, I bet. And because they understand the power. And what are they doing? They're trying to manipulate the power for themselves. And so uh, March of 2003, um, the day we went to war with Iraq, there was uh, one of the most pivotal things happened. Not good. Because Saddam Hussein earlier had told everybody, hey, guys, I found Nimrod or Gilgamesh's tomb. Yay, idiot because then that put a target on him. And so again, the excuse was made up by people in, in our, our government that it was weapons of mass destruction. We need to we need to go in and bomb them, but that wasn't it. The only reason we were there for antiquities and we were there for his body because it was so important. So if you read back in the scriptures and there's some extra books that you can read too, like the book of uh, Joshua and, and Enoch. Anyhow, this guy was the guy that built the Tower of Babel. And he was very strong. He was almost superhuman, right? And so he wanted to kill God. He wanted to be God. And he wanted a one world everything. And so um, he was eventually killed, but his body and his tomb was hidden. And it was a mystery. And everybody like the Indiana Jones movie was looking for this because he was special. So anyhow, it was found on our Delta Force. Look at the Wall Street Journal. They have reported on this. This is not just made up. They admitted that we were there, bloodiest battle, and that um, we recovered a resurrection chamber. I don't like that. Um, also we recovered a lot of the, um, a lot of these gold-plated, uh, ancient instructions, writings, who knows what only last year did the United States give it back to Iraq. Um, we had taken them, stolen them <laughs> without permission. Now they denied the body. However, they found relics where this, this guy's crown was huge. His rings were huge. So he was a giant. Okay. Now, there have been reports that, yes, we did find the body. We just denied it. So anyhow, I, I met many people that were there when we went to war with Iraq, who were in special forces, and they three of them admitted that this was the case, that this is why we were there. Um, then the Clinton email dump comes, right? And then there's a there's a, uh, something in there. Um, I don't know who this person is, but they asked not if, but where is the body of uh, Nimrod Gilgamesh found? Uh, where is it now? Plus, where's the resurrection chamber and where are the other Nephilim bodies? And if you don't know what Nephilim is, you should read um, the Old Testament. This is um, these were, uh, you know, giants of the day that were evil, bloodthirsty. All right, and they were made with human women and fallen angels. So we have archaeological evidence to prove that that is the case. But anyhow, when I saw there's others, what? But think about that, because the idea is that they had some something called an incorruptible body, meaning it had enough DNA in there to do something with it, meaning cloning, integrating it. This is a huge, huge, huge deal. Because, you know, Craig Ventner, who is the, the father of human genomics, I went to one of his meetings. He talked about this. He talked about what if we found a superhuman race with enough DNA? And what if we took that DNA and we started to integrate it into the human population? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Right. Please, he's not talking about that. So 
I bring up all these things because we need to look at not Netflix and all that, start looking at what's really happening around the world in our history. And we'll find out why things happen, why wars really start. Who, what, what is the intention behind them? Because things don't make sense when you watch the news, but they do make sense when you understand what the real issue is. Mm-hmm. And that it's actually a spiritual battle that we're in. And so knowing that, I mean, that's just a smidgen of what's going on. And that's, you know, in World War II, Hitler, you know, they were already cloning at that time. We can do it. They were already doing nanotechnology, genetic manipulation. Um, and so that they have this technology now should not be a surprise to anybody because Project Paperclip, we took half right. the scientists, Russia took the other half. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, mm-hmm. this is how we have the United Nations, the CDC, the World Health Organization, NASA, all of these came from these organizations from World War II. I mean, it's, they, they infiltrated us very strongly at that point, and so grew in power. So this is how we got out of control, how we were taken down from within, or, or the attempt is to be taken down. But yet we still stand. So um, I think it's just a big learning. Uh, it, we're having to learn everything really, really fast. Um, but we can do it and know that this is a spiritual battle. So we need to realize that and we can't do it without God. It's impossible without God. And that they are trying to ruin the human body because we are made in his image. So anything they can do, whether it's putting synthetic uh, technology inside of us um, and the word hydrogel, which is one of the main substances and they hide it under different names, but that's the secret sauce of what makes any of this works, whether it's genetic manipulation, whether it's um, the uh, nanotechnology. So just know that hydrogel is the anti-water. So this is typical of, of Satan. So it's a water gel. It desiccates, it dries the water out. Water is life. It's necessary for everything. And it's mimics water so water can turn into different crystalline structures water has memory and intelligence water can actually be like a tape recorder where it came from water can do amazing things and so this is the synthetic kind of water but it's very very toxic and so it can make different structures but it has to have a program again it's it's not alive it's dead so you can see that in, in all their experiments and their technologies, it's just a blasphemy and inversion of what God has created. It will never, ever be even close to being like that. So in that manner, I understand what it is, but it's also never going to be as good as how God created us. Um, we have amazing abilities. And remember, the, the ma- not magic, but the divine nature of water. It's one of the witnesses in the Bible. We will see that this is going to be a key to a lot of things that um, can heal. Mm. Uh, Water is quite amazing. Uh, 72 properties, just like the 72 names of God, where um, it does things that it shouldn't do on earth because only God could do something like that. But we will see that water can heal, just like the scriptures say, of so many different things that it's not going to be difficult to have healing um, abilities when we incorporate how God created us and uh, what is already here on earth. And right now I'm encouraging people to look at the plants growing around us. Fantastic. Some of these plants can, they're curing all the cancer, any cancer they're looking at, it's able to stop the uh, growth of the cancer, target the cancer directly without hurting the other cells. 
um, drug resistant bacteria, they're able to, to help that. All these things that all the drug industry has failed, these weeds are able to do it. Mm-hmm. They're hiding that knowledge from us. So never lose hope, never lose faith. Remember who the true living God is. Follow that, follow the scriptures and st- start sowing our own seeds. Look at what the earth has already provided us. And that's the answer, but know that it's a spiritual battle and don't fall for the lies and the tactics and know that it is a, it is an attempt to destroy everything of how we are created in every manner, form, shape. So don't accept anything that they offer us. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, very, very important for people to understand. Now, as, as a physician, we understand, uh, that there is a problem with fear. There is a problem with uh, negativity that uh, our our physical makeup is affected when we are afraid or we are in a flight mode and uh, rather than a fight mode, when we are running or afraid of something else, that's when they have us. Uh, at at the the greatest point of weakness for the hu- for the human being, and that's why it's so important that we be positive. We be we have strong faith. We be positive. We be happy. We uh, try to help others. We try to do the things that make us feel good, because in that we're actually fighting evil in a very uh, a very significant way. Now. Can you kind of tie that together for us because from a medical uh, standpoint, because I know that's why the COVID thing was uh, used the way it was. It was to scare everyone into submission, to force people to do things that they should not do to their own bodies and everything else. But uh, there was a a real serious plan behind this because they understood how fear is something that they feed off of. They actually feed off of that fear. Well, because people need to realize the spiritual realm to me is more real than this physical realm. And there are demons and angels to make it simplified. They live in a a very low frequency, which is fear, panic, um, and, and apathy is the closest to death. It's a dead world in essence we can't really live with them. We can't even associate with them if we are in God's frequency, which is a pure love. So love and joy. So, but they've really been uh, crafty in our society about keeping us in fear and panic. And so if we believe that's what we are and, and all we are capable of, we actually choose with free will, choose to be down with them. And so th- I tell people, when you look at the science of what we're up against, yeah, it, it's, it looks scary if you're just looking at the science. It looks overwhelming. I said, but I reminded them, I said, they've been doing this stuff for decades to us. You just didn't know it. And here we are, we're still standing. They've been poisoning us like cockroaches from the air, from the water and the food, everything you can think of. And here we're still standing. And when you understand how much poison has been thrown at us, you'll oh. know there is a God because mm-hmm. it is a true miracle we're walking. They're frustrated. And so what they've done is they realized is that they had to get us to believe 
that this will hurt us. So therefore, this is the constant barrage of, of this uh, propaganda, fear and panic, because none of it will work unless they cut us off from our association with the true living God, and they get us to not know who and what we are, um, you know, and to stay in fear and panic. So we are the co-creators, they're not, they can't create anything, only we can. They can influence us to create the world that they want, and that's what they're doing right now. So the second you stop playing their game, the second you live, you start creating your own Eden and you walk the faith going, you know, nothing scares me because when I die, I know where I'm going. So what do you have over me? Nothing. They run when you put that, that force out there with the true living God, they will run. And so when people finally get that, um, you know, the whole uh, game changes. But remember, it's a lot of psychological manipulation because when you get who you are and what you are, that we are the only ones made in his image. We are the only ones that can be co-creators with him. Only ones. That's what they're fearful of us finding out because they've been able to get us to forget who we are. So when you remember who you are and it takes practice, that's why sometimes it's writing out who I am on my letterhead over and over. It's saying those words. It's, you know, being with like-minded people. It's, uh, it's knowing, you know, your basic rights and, you know, you are executing them so that they don't have any power over you. And it's about saying, I'm planting my own seeds right now. I'm, I'm making Eden, you know, I'm getting ready for the new kingdom to come, come down to earth. And I'm being, I'm participating, you know, when you're doing that, you are actually, co-creating with God. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. Um, and so, like I said, I, I, it's where I live and I look forward mm -hmm. to the future. Well, you know, it's, it's so important for people to understand. You, you said something that's so important. The, uh, uh, our whole world is, uh, a series of, of, uh, atomic actions, electrical impulses. Uh, a low-frequency world is what they like because uh, it's fear, it's anger, it's hatred. All the negativity is part of that frequency. And what we are trying to talk about is living in a different frequency that is God's, God's domain. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people just don't really understand how, what a, poor, a powerful force faith is and how powerful fear is and why it's so important that we uh, discern between the two and, uh, and start fighting back. And that's, that's, you know, fighting back does not have to be a, nasty, evil thing. It's, it's, as you say, it's as simple as saying, no, I'm not going to play your game anymore. We're going to do it our way, not your way. And yeah. once we get there, we work. Yeah. Just like, you know, when I gave up the doctor, the, the title of the doctor, not that I'm not a physician, still am, but that's their title for maritime. And so people are like, oh, how do you do that? I said, because I don't care about their system. I know who I am. I don't need you to tell me I'm a doctor. I know who I am. I know my experience. I have that confidence. Um, but they, when I did that to them, that was a big deal on that end, right? A huge deal. So much that they tried to drag me back in it and I laughed. So, you know, when, when you have that self-confidence, you know who you are, you don't need that degree, that title, whatever. Um, it's a game changer. And I tell people they need to 
visually see with the power that they have, look at Dr. Masur Emoto's work with water crystals, where he showed with someone just praying or saying a word um, with intention that they could change the crystalline structure of water. You and I and anybody out there can now change the structure of life. One person can by what they say and, and what they even write as a word. So words are so powerful. Um, and then my teacher did the seedling experiment in second grade where we had different groups of seedlings, same water, same light. And we were told with all of our intention, you know, uh, to say the most loving things to this one group, like you're, you're intelligent, you're beautiful. God loves you. And with everything we had in the other group, we had to say, um, you know, like with our intention, just get angry and say hateful things to it. And after a month, I remember my teacher, Miss Binders being perplexed. She's like, I never thought this would work. But the plants were drastically different. I mean, the one was blossoming that we said good things to. The other one actually had brown leaves and was wilting from just little children's with their intention with what they said to these plants. If that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will, because how can you feel helpless? How can you feel powerless when with your words, you can create just like the scriptures have told us. So we were just you know, tricked and manipulated into thinking that we're something different and to trick us with our words. So we use slang like drop dead gorgeous, serious as a heart attack. We started to curse ourselves with our words, right? We started to listen to music that was cursing ourselves. We started to watch programming that is cursing ourselves. We started to do all kinds of things. And so that's what I'm saying is they trick us into being the creators of the world and look what happened. Um, and so we just need to, to remember that it's really about us remembering who and what we are. Thank goodness. It takes a small percentage to change for good, right? Because the power of good is so much more uh, powerful than the bad. And the love is the highest frequency heart math Institute has, um, has measured this, that the heart is the most powerful organ in the body it has intelligence to think even before the brain but that when somebody um, is in love, they actually have up to six feet of energy uh, perimeter around them, but that they've measured some people that are really spiritual and very prayerful and that their energy from their heart goes out so far that they don't have the instruments, the equipment to measure them. That's fascinating. Wow. And so um, they have some, um, they're, they're trying to do some kind of measurements with the collective uh, people who are very prayer, prayerful and looking at it from a large area, like uh, over land and seeing the change. But I, I can imagine that it only takes 12 of us to come together like that. And the synergy, I would guarantee you, you could see from low orbit, the change of the frequency and that eradicates and wipes out anything that the other side builds because it's a dead world. So, um, that's the change that we need to see. Well, um, uh, Carrie, when, when you were Dr. Carrie, um, I, I will, <laughs> I, I will say that you were highly lauded as a medical professional, uh, when you were fully in the system and, for them to turn on you the way they have because you've changed your perspective of what the medical profession is, is so obvious. It's like somebody getting, um, uh, you know, positive 
positive feedback. They get high marks as an employee, and then all of a sudden, that employee decides that they that they caught the the owner of the business stealing or something. And next thing you know, they're uh, they're getting all this uh, retribution against them. Uh, that's what happened with you in the medical field. Talk, uh, if you wouldn't mind, please talk a little bit about some of the things that you were doing as a medical professional before all this came out, because you were doing some amazing work. You were really highly regarded in your field. Uh, yes, it was pretty much looking for the root cause of being a detective and finding out that um, we were, you know, I was lied to, we were all lied to, but what makes people sick? So anyhow, people's cancers were shrinking, going away. People didn't need to be, need their transplants anymore. Um, you know, hearts were being remodeled and, um, and you'd think that would be good. In fact, Blue Cross Blue Shield actually flew some people out to visit the clinic and said, we got to know what you're doing. You're saving us, I guess, like millions of dollars because three people didn't need their transplants and, and other things like that. And I, and I said, it was very simple. It wasn't anything that um, was grand. In fact, I was working with somebody, we, we were talking to Kia, the, autom uh, the automobile factory, because of my data um, of showing how much money was being saved. I had patients and, and when I worked for someone else, when I couldn't do these things freely, because I was you know, under their rule. So those same patients followed me into my practice where we could, you know, truly heal them. And so I had, I had a control of seeing how much money we were saving. So anyhow, Kia was impressed and, and they wanted, they're saying, you know, the, you know, these employees are out sick, whatever. And, and, um, we would like to have a new system. So we were working with them to actually do, you know, that's the health system, right? Mm -hmm. That was really, uh, not good because, um, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to change anything in medicine. And, and plus I was identifying things that we now know as bioweapons, Lyme, Rocky Mountain, Ehrlichia, Mycoplasma, pneumonia, these are all bioweapons. And I was identifying them with labs, et cetera. There's all different kinds of things that I was doing that was shaking and rocking the boat. And I didn't stop doing them. Like other people would find out these things and they would get threatened and they would, they would be quiet, but I didn't because these are people's lives um, that we have in our hands. And so, but I wasn't stupid. I knew, I knew what could happen because I had mentors where things uh, happened to them. So as time went on, um, I was being harassed in every way possible. Um, had everything hacked into, my house was broken into every jump drive, hard drive was corrupted, people following me and, you know, things like that. And then it ultimate, it came to an ultimatum of, um, saying that, um, someone visited me in my office personally, someone high up and said, your personal welfare, well-being and safety are in grave danger. Unless you sell your office and you, meaning I would be owned by, um, the major university here that is run by DARPA, meaning wow. they would use my knowledge uh, about what I had against people and I would never do that. So, um, here that person started to cry as a grown man. And mm -hmm. then it was a written warning as well. And so then I knew it was serious because two of my colleagues died mysteriously in Georgia. And so then I realized I'm going to do my own option. So I kept the office running, pretended I went to vacation. I got rid of everything I owned except for eight suitcases and my two dogs. And I went to Dominican Republic. 
I already made a plan beforehand. And um, shortly afterward, close the clinic, you know, a few months later. But the week I left is the same week Dr. Jeffrey Bradstreet was murdered. He lived not that far from me in Georgia. And then one by one, that was the middle of 2015 to through 2016. I watched many of my colleagues started in Georgia and Florida, then some other states where they were murdered one by one, who were wow. similar ideologies. And uh, Aaron Elizabeth has documented that. They've erased their identities online, but they're real people and they're real doctors. Um, and so Aaron Elizabeth has that. So then I realized, whoa, what's, uh, I, I had a lot to process because I gave up my identity. I gave up my profession, which is everything, right? I didn't have kids or a husband. Um, and I was burdened with this knowledge of, of why was I, what was I given this knowledge? Why was I saved when these others did? And I didn't know why. And so anyway, it was, it took a while to struggle with that. And I finally emptied and lost my ego. And that's when I really let the Holy spirit in. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to do something about what was happening in the world. And I asked God, please, I want to be your servant. Please help me be your vessel. And so I didn't understand anything until, uh, right when the pandemic happened, the lockdown is when I got it and this weight lifted off my shoulders. And I heard a message uh, from God and he said, now we can begin. And as he said that I saw my life almost play as a movie and I saw the traumas and the tribulations and then the good things and the bad things and the meetings and everything else. I saw them as a movie and I understood why everything had to happen, even the traumas and the tribulations. And I said, thank you. I get it. Mm -hmm. I said, so what do I do? And I started to really research everything I could and use my knowledge that I had from before. And I, I started to speak out and I never expected it to go viral. I thought it was just a few people. And then here we are today. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what you're saying is so important for people to understand is that the tribulation, the trials are part of this process. They are also a gift because if we don't go through these things, we never learn. That's how the power of faith uh, and, and discernment is such a, uh, important connection with all the things that happen to us, both pro and con. And God gives us the ability to learn and to make better from our experiences, uh, even though sometimes they aren't a very fun part of the process, but that's part of the part of, of the whole plan. And of course, that's very biblical too. We know that. That's exactly how it's supposed to work. That's the power of discernment is to give us lessons. And then with our discernment, with our knowledge, with our growth, we are to be better people as a result of that and do more important work. Yeah, the refiner's fire. So we have to go through the fires to push us and to mold us and to spiritually grow. And, um, you know, that's why we, they say that, how do they know when the silver is pure, or the gold is pure, the silver is pure. You keep, you know, putting it through the fire until the reflection, your reflection can be seen in the silver. So it's almost like God sees himself in you. And then you're, then the refiner's fire has been perfected. Isn't that a beautiful analogy? Mm -hmm. Actually, that's pretty cool. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that. I think that's a great analogy. Um, well, uh, Carrie, we've got Independence Day 2023. We've got a lot of things going on in this country. 
We've got uh, leadership that is anything but leadership. Uh, we have uh, powerful forces that are trying to destroy this country. We've got all these things working against us, but yet we have probably right now the greatest opportunity to bring back the kind of, of godly freedom that the founders intended for us. What would your your message be to uh, to the country on Independence Day nineteen uh, two thousand twenty three? I'm going back a little bit. Twenty twenty three. I'm an, I'm old. <laughs> I have to admit. Anyway, uh, what would your message be to the listeners? Well, the true freedom, where the spirit of the Lord is, that's where there is freedom. That's Second Corinthians. That is the truth. So if you really want freedom, you need to bring the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord to this country, to your homes, to your children. And that's what you individually should should really focus on doing. Without that, there is no freedom, never will be. And so it's also separating away. We are living in a Babylonian satanic system. So you start separating away. You pull your children out of these schools. They are so dangerous. You just cannot even fathom how dangerous they are. They truly are so dangerous. We don't have time to go into that, but pull them out, homeschool. They will learn so much more. They will be happier. You'll become a family unit. You don't need that much money to live on if you cooperate and you start living together. Get, you, Americans are addicted to stuff, to, to superficial material things. We're the worst. Just, just get, you know, you know, break that curse. You don't need all that stuff and start um, making a home, you know, caring for another because it takes a village, right? We need each other. Um, you start sowing your own seeds. I, I mean, literally when you plant a seed and you do, do it with your bare hands, your bare feet, you are exchanging genetic information. The plants will grow what you need. They literally will grow things that will heal your body. And then you eat it. It doesn't have to be that much. It's actually symbolic um, on so many levels and it's, um, doing something energetically and physically. So that's why there's the whole, uh, parables of gardening are throughout the scriptures. That's for a reason. And Adam and Eve, what do they do? There was planting the seeds and Noah and his family. And now today is when we plant our seeds. This is for, uh, getting ready for the kingdom that comes to, or the heaven that comes down to earth, the new kingdom, the God's kingdom, but you have to start living it and walking it and talking it and look at the fruits of the spirit, your fruits, right? You're growing them, you're maturing them, but no matter what your status is economically, socially, it doesn't matter. Everybody can do these things. You can teach somebody how to do something. Um, it's, it's actually living in the world as though the kingdom of heaven already came here and you start doing it with little things like planting your seeds, walking barefoot, doing all these kinds of things. And, um, the ripple effect is grand. The promise that is the most important thing that you can do. And um, when it goes against God's law, you say no. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Um, Mark uh, Sutherland is on with us. And I know you met Mark when you were in the yeah. UK. Yeah, yeah. I want to give, yeah. give you uh, a, a chance, you and Mark, a chance to interact a little bit. Uh, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Mark has been my co-host many, many, many times. He has been my guest host many, many, many times. Uh, and uh, Mark is a, a, a true pleasure to have as a friend. I didn't well, know. 
Come on. <laughs> Carrie, good, good to see you. Can I just say, please excuse my appearance. Not that I will talk about this because I'm involved in a creative product, project. So I'll just put that aside immediately. Um, but it's lovely to uh, lovely to listen to you. Carrie, hi. It's I am, I will say, I am actually on your side of the pond. That is all I will, that's all I will say. Um, Dan, lovely to, lovely to see you. It's Dan, I have to say, it's extremely humbling to hear what Carrie has been saying over the last mm -hmm. over the last uh, hour, and especially in the last uh, few minutes. Um, our there's lots to sort of reflect on in regard to how I see the church on this side of the pond within the US, but also within uh, within the UK. And I won't give the game away, but it'd be interesting to reflect with Carrie on this in a recent. Um, recent experience she's just had within the UK um, is the fact that we've, we, we have got more people awake in the UK than are actually in the church to what is going on. But the sad thing is, is that within, the, within those movements, they will, not, they will not come to God. They will not see that Jesus is is the only way and the only way that they are going to get through this. And this is extremely difficult, and it's quite a path that, that we are going through. But um, it's very humbling to hear. I know some of your story, Kerry, but it's very, hard, it's very humbling to hear that. But you're absolutely right. There is a cost. There's a cost to all of us and that refining fire, even though we may not understand that at the time. So thank you. Uh, no, I, I'm humbled. So I, I don't feel like I should have things. It's just doing God's will. So, but thank you for those kind words. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, you know, I think I told you that over the time I was there, I didn't feel God. And then I, the Holy Spirit started raining down in some of these, these groups. And, you know, I, I, there was, there was a group that I was speaking with and, there were witches there. There were people in, in uh, secret societies. There were people, atheists, uh, not everybody, all different kinds. Right. And so, and in this, this message from God's like, you're supposed to be uncomfortable. What's your problem? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's right. But they wanted to hear they're hungry. We shouldn't turn our back. And so I, I asked for the Holy spirit to work through me. And I mean, I, I put my message with my heart. So it was just all through loving kindness but I, I gently corrected, you know, he's the way, the truth, the light, there's, there's no other way. And somebody said, you know, you could reach so many people, if more people than you are now, if you just were more encompassing of all the other different faiths. And I said, I cannot do that because I would be lying to you. And I said, I could tickle your ears and I could make every single person in here love me. And I would feel great. We'd all go home feeling great. I said, but I would do you a disservice and I wouldn't love you. I said, I'm willing to lose you as a friend. That's how much I love you. And I said, there is only one way. And I said, I know what you feel and I know where you've come because I'm a scientist too. I've, I've looked at all, the, I've read the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran. I've looked at Hinduism. I've looked at all these things. I've looked at the, the 5D Ascension, all these the Pleiadians. And I said, you'll never find what you're looking for. And that's why you're so hungry. You're never satisfied. You're never full because you've never found the true living God. And I said, I'm telling you this because I love you because time is short and you're going to fall for the wrong master. You're going to fall for the wrong side and you won't even recognize the Messiah when he returns. 
And I said, so I see this because I love you. And you know, I saw a lot of people, their faces contort. I did another talk and I, I was like, some of these people were very angry, right? Fake, those, the people that I never thought would come back were the ones that came back and their faces softened and they listened more because a seed was planted. And, you know, you know, that was, I had to be stand corrected because at first I'm like, oh, what am I doing at this place? The, the other one. And then all of a sudden I, I saw why, because we, we can't be so um, comfortable and speak to only the people that are like us. We need to go out and the Jesus, you know, Jesus left the 99 to go after the one because we need every single soul. Um, and so I saw, you know, the sun was so much in the UK, the roses were blooming. I was, you know, praying as I went over the river Thames, you know, rebuking these, uh, d demonic entities and throwing them in the pit of hell and, and consecrating the land and taking it back. And, and I didn't know how symbolic really the water was. I didn't know the river Thames was like such a sewer that that was one of the most important things that we pray over, right? The water is life. And, and, um, I just saw this passion come to people. I saw the Holy spirit come through them and it was, it was, it was such an amazing experience. And I never expected that I would have that experience in London. So yeah, that's amazing. Well, that, it, it's great to, it's great to, to hear that because I think when, when we sat down, I said to you that there were a couple of subjects I might've said it that are not discussed in the UK churches. One is, why the flood really happened but the whole thing of genesis 6 verses 1 to 8 in regard to the giants i don't think i have never heard i have never heard a sermon properly on the on those issues at all well i talked to um talked to some nuns and i said well you know i was like yeah no no, no nephilim they're like nephilim yeah. but when i when i explained you know where it was what it was they got it right away because they're in deliverance mm -hmm. so they didn't even mm -hmm. question like, oh yeah 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 they just didn't call it that name but um i was i was like wow it, it, a lot of things really aren't taught but they they got it right away yeah mm -hmm. but, they, Carrie, but Carrie, we had uh, mark and i did a program what about a year ago, Mark, on the Nephilim bloodline and how uh, that that whole process is alive today. Uh, the Nephilim bloodline is alive today and uh, fascinating discussion. So reptilians, they definitely walk amongst us, yep. you know, and we have to understand why such horrific things happen because we can't in our human minds fathom it because humans wouldn't do that now humans can be influenced to to do things through iniquity and change themselves more into the seed of satan but but as far as us how we're created no we wouldn't do that that's why we can't fathom it but if we understand we're not alone there are other entities like reptilians and nephilim etc that have been here with us and this explains a lot of what happens so we understand who our real enemies are who is really against us um so you know you have to understand what you're fighting or, or how, can, right. how can you really properly mount any sort of defense offense on this but they are scared of us when we are connected with the holy spirit they do not they are scared they will not come around you not at all so no, we don't need to fear that, but we need to protect the little ones and um, and not wait every day that goes by more are uh, tortured and killed and taken. Uh, so we need to we need to to grow up 
now. <laughs> we do. We need to mature as a culture, and we need to mature as Christians. We need to understand our, our role and how important faith really is and how important uh, not fearing things anymore and being, being positive in our faith. That's important. Yeah, remember, we don't just die. We don't just like disappear. We go on. A lot of times you won't even know that, you won't remember the trauma you went through when you died, let's put it that way. You, you go on, that's great, but we don't go to the same place. And that's another huge lie that the, some of these churches teach, no way. There are different places we can go. And if you had a taste of just one minute of either place, I, I know you would change everything you do this second. You would pray more, worship more, sacrifice more, do everything more because you would know what is at stake because this is just a holding pattern, a holding ground for what the true destiny is of all of us. And everything you do now is about location, location, location. (laughs) (laughs) Great advertisement. (laughs) That really is. Well, Terry, thank you for being our uh, guest. You're welcome to stay on as long as you wish, but uh, I I know that... uh, uh, you, you've got a very busy existence, but I, I wanted you together because with Mark, because it's so important that people understand our founding and how spiritual it really is as a nation. And we cannot be the, the beacon of freedom in the world unless we're also the beacon of Christian faith in the world. They aren't mutually exclusive. They have to be tied together. Amen. And it's a pleasant surprise to see Mark on here. So had a great, great conversation with him. And I, I really enjoyed my my trip to the UK. I, I really hope, um, pray I can go back soon. So I loved it there. Carrie, great, great to see you. Great to see you. I need to get you on my podcast. We'll have to arrange that. But it'd be a bit great to see you. And thank you for all that you've just said. Thank you. All right. Well, you guys have a great day. I'm going to work a little bit more in the garden and plant some more stuff. <laughs> All right. That All sounds right. like a good idea. Speak happy, soon. Take care. Happy yeah. Independence Day, and thank yeah. you for being our guest. Yes, yes, you as well. Okay. All righty. Thank you. All right, Mark, uh, good to see you, my friend. I know you're on our side of the pond. Uh, you're working on a movie production, I believe. Um, I can't really talk about that, but the answers could be, but yeah, but anyway. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, it's good to see you. You have changed uh, in appearance a little bit uh, Mm. from the last time I saw you. Yeah, but this will be temporary. (laughs) But Dan, it was great to hear what uh, Carrie was saying, and I had the privilege to meet her um, uh, a few weeks ago in, in London. One of my instant reflections of, being over here and I haven't been able to be here for a good three years because of, let's be frank, because of all the, uh, because of all the mandates and the fact that you couldn't fly into this country unless you actually took the vaccine. So let's just lay that out there. We're not going to hide these things. But the, the thing is you, you and I have constantly discussed this over the last few years and thank you for your kind words. And I'd like to say publicly that it is a real honor when you asked me to stand in to be your to be your guest host and also to be interviewed, but also to pay tribute to you because 
this is so important that that who you know, what you have been personally fighting for a number of years and your insight is extremely is extremely important. And that actually we are now, I feel, I agree with you, we're now stepping up. This is not about any of us individually. This is not about our egos. And I think Carrie, Carrie has explained that absolutely brilliantly. And and we have to, you know, that 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 is something that we have to really get right with with right with God, because as you know, as the Bible says, you know, we are dead. We are to die in Christ. We are dead. And uh, he, you know, we hand out, we commit our lives to him and he, and he, he then steers that our life is not our own anymore. And you're right. And, and Carrie was right when we hear her testimony, which is extremely powerful. And, and for many others where, what they have actually been through, but, but I'm here, I'm over here now. And I attended a, a large church that I won't talk about on Sunday, where it's a huge auditorium, uh, a few thousand people in there. It's a very, very different kind of experience that I would have in the UK. This particular minister I know has pastor has pushed back, which is excellent. Um, everyone within, within, I think the congregation is, goes along, goes along with that, but there needs to be more of a pushback across this country. And I think more and more people are waking up. And one of the one of the privileges I have is to reflect in from the outside. And when um, there are a number of American citizens that have come from Eastern Europe and have suffered under communism, have suffered under Nazism, and they're two wings of the same bird, that sounds a little bit familiar, doesn't it? And when Carrie was laying out the history Operation Paperclip, what was happening in Iraq and all this. And we see the the power of the press and the propaganda and how things are kept out of the headlines. At times my heart breaks because I am just willing Americans to wake up, to wake up and to fight for what they have before it potentially could go. Mm. And it could go and it could go out of their slip out of their fingers like water, which is the big big thing that has come up in conversation with Carrie in the first hour, because because they do not they do not um, understand how crucial it is. They don't respect your your beginnings enough. And that and I don't mean this rudely because you know why I constantly shout in that I'm asking Americans to look look beyond their borders to see that they do they do stand for and the president of the united states has always been seen as leader of the free world now you and i need hours and hours to discuss this because we know that the whole of 20th century history we know from 1896 and our very very dear friend carl tiger talks about this that from 1896 with the world count the world parliament of religions and before there has been this march through through what you actually stand for civil war very simply is 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 not what it was portrayed to be what it was about we then moved to i would even say because someone wrote a book which i found interesting that maybe you've got to go back to grover cleveland who 
I think, left office in, in his second term in 1897 to actually say, was that the last president that actually um, believed in the Constitution of the United States? Um, then, uh, historically, then you go through the Federal Reserve, etc. We go through First World War, Second World War. We all know the events, but all of those events have become really, really front and centre because you and I have discussed this, we suddenly realise that we don't understand our history. It has not been taught properly mm -hmm. on anywhere. And that's why I said to Carrie, and I said that when I when I had the privilege to meet him, that there are two things that are not really talked about in our churches in the UK. One is a full understanding of Noah's flood. Well, there's three. Two, the fact that, no, the earth is not millions of years old. And three, to actually have good teaching on on the on the on the giants on genesis 6 verses 1 to 8 and the fallen angels coming down to earth and having sex with human women why am i talking about that because all of that is relevant to now when we have an understanding of what uh, mengele was doing with his experiments on the on the prisoners in Auschwitz, etc., within within those concentration camps, what was he doing? The fact that we go back to I.G. Fairbairn, I.G. Fairbairn being the con the conglomerate that was brought together to defend the German pharmaceutical industry. I have been severely criticised when I go on about history, but all of that history is relevant now. And as you have said. We're not fighting flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. That is that is the spiritual warfare that we are in. And when we realize that, that many churches on this side of the pond, many churches within the UK, they won't even discuss those issues. They won't even realize that we are in that we are in a spiritual fight. So to give you an anecdote, um, not far from where I live at home, a church pastor came to preach in a church, and he is awake. He um, was saying a number of things that I've caught myself saying, including criticism of BBC and all the rest. And the particular congregation, bless them, that he was talking in had actually shut down during the whole covid novid pandemic of nonsense. It actually shut down. But good for him that he was in there. And at the end of the uh, at the end of the sermon, a friend of mine who was there and his wife asked other members of the congregation, said, "Oh, what did you think of what this person said?" And most people said, "Well, we agree with him." And I'm going, "Okay, you agree with him. Then why did you shut your church down?" And that's partly, and I trying to be a bit sympathetic. Is, is a lack of understanding of history and what's gone on. And you are so right. Over the last three years, my whole viewpoint of health, we have socialised medicine, as you call it, through the National Health Service. The National Health Service took its first, first contract with Pfizer in 1954. Now, it came about uh, just, after the, uh, just after the Second World War. But my whole understanding of health has begun has begun to change. I've been on this fast track learning curve over the last three years. I'm I'm saddened to think of the vaccines that I have had. I'm saddened to think of the vaccines I've given given to my children. 
which is completely and utterly out of out of ignorance well before 2010 before i woke up i was not aware i mean i cannot describe it enough that and it's quite humbling to hear carrie say about you know praying within london rebuking the demonic powers etc that are over at, at the capital city she's absolutely bang on and the fact that maybe it's taken someone from the outside to reflect what's been going on in my country, where I'm from the outside of the US, reflecting on what's going on over here. And I'm literally screaming, calmly screaming, for Americans to wake, to wake up, to pause, to push back, to speak truth to power. I don't know how long we have on this earth. I don't know. I don't know how long before Jesus returns. I don't know. But that, as the Bible says, but that does not mean that we sit on our butts, we sit on our asses, frankly, excuse the word, at home, we sit on our couch, we sit on our, you know, our furniture mm -hmm. and, and, and do, do nothing. nothing. Mm -hmm. it, 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 we, we, have, we have to engage and what's happened within the church, it's so many services have become respectfully on both sides of the pond, a performance, it's about Mm -hmm. going and having your ears tickled, tickled, I want to be entertained. No, that is not what it's about. We are supposed to be, they are supposed to be military training establishments, spiritually training establishments. That is what they are, of training battalions of us. And the big the big issue is, is that we we don't have an understanding of, the spiritual, I'll say again, the spiritual battle that we are in. One of my favorite verses, Dan, you know, Hosea 4, verse 6 says, my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. And you and I, you and I, um, um, God willing, we're going we're gonna to meet up uh, very soon. You and I met in 2018 when I was very kindly asked to come over and speak at an event in uh, Montana, which was a real privilege for me. And to walk in the room and meet meet this movement, have more of an understanding of the Patriot movement, of an understanding that I was meeting with people that understood why the country was founded and why they were pushing back what they were fighting for. And as Carrie said, you have we've been attacked in the water supply, attacked in the, the food supply, attacked in the air. I mean, I was having, I've had a, there was last night an interesting discussion about corn syrup. In, and all this kind of thing within your food manufacturing, the fact that there's been this attack on holistic medicine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Within the UK, those subjects are like an anathema. It's as though the, across the Atlantic, there's a veil, a spiritual veil, and, and that, that veil is, is really encompassed by socialism. We only have to see what's going on in our own country now. And we've reached a point where... You know, banks are, are starting to, no, we're going to de-platform you. We're going to deny bank accounts. I mean, Nigel Farage being a particular voice, is that is what's going on. But people like Katie Hobbs, people like Tommy Robinson say it as much as to some, that would be a disgusting thing to say even within the UK. They have been, they have been de-platformed for a number of years in a variety of, of different ways. So we all need each other. We all need each other. We all need to be reaching out. And I come back to this, 
and you you are a, a really important pivotable person in this because you're an amazing networker you're an amazing connector you know and you want you want that all the time people will come to you 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 want other people to go on other people's shows make those connections because we all need each other and as i say again it isn't about our particular ego we have to step out of the way so they are my some of my first re reflections down on this very very important day and i love your shirt and i do apologize i don't think i chose my shirt well this morning because i have another shirt <laughs> this morning that reflects all those but but it is the spirit it is the spiritual side of things whatever people say you know whether half the founders were masons member of the illuminati or whatever we won't have that we won't have that discussion but but in many ways people a lot of americans because civics has not been taught properly in your country they don't understand the freedom that you have and why and why you have them i'm over here looking at the price i know to you that um oil price you know at the pump petrol prices at the pump are, are more than you have been than you were paying nearly uh, three years ago under President Trump. Um, you, you, the fact that I'm looking at and thinking, well, that's for a gallon and not a liter. You know, you pay for a gallon what we are paying for a liter, and that all these green, these green policies of stupidity that our government, that is not a conservative government, there are a number of conservative there. We only have one member of parliament very brave andrew bridgen who has stood up who's now he was expelled from the conservative party because he's been talking speaking out against the vaccines and he's been speaking out because of his you know he has a young child and that suddenly pro uh, provoked him to say but well, i don't want my young child to have these vaccines he's been speaking out for that he has been vilified we now have a a kangaroo, what I call a kangaroo inquiry into the COVID in inquiry into discovering what what has gone on, what is it's it's a complete stitch up, to be mm -hmm. honest, Dan. Mm -hmm. And now we face the fact that we realise that within our own Westminster Parliament that that uh, you know a vast majority of the members of Parliament do not want us to officially leave the EU. They want to take us back into that a demonic construct of the Fourth Reich. And yes, I've said it, I'll say it, and uh, I believe that is because we're discussing history and we have to go through that history and spiritually go through that history to understand that. We are, in the, we are fighting evil of that, there is no doubt. But when we have a society when they will not talk about evil, when they will not talk about that, in, in in churches and it suddenly becomes oh it's all about love and I want my ears tickled and as I said earlier they want people to be sitting back and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll be quiet. I'll let you speak. No, no, I'm <laughs> I'm loving it because that's that's exactly uh, what what we're talking about here. Uh, what's going on with the you know the Brexit? The, the, the second that the Brexit vote came in, they were trying to figure out a way to destroy the Brexit movement, and you know it's all been negative publicity. They've controlled that whole dynamic. Uh, even with that, uh, the majority of the British people said, no, we don't want to be part of the EU. 
but yet they're continuing to push that. I guarantee you that there's no question. Eventually, they'll figure out a way to pull you into the whole uh, EU process, and uh, they're not. They they could care less what the people really want. As a matter of fact, that's why all the propaganda is what it is. And uh, you and Carrie both talked about uh, the. Uh, uh, Operation Paperclip and the the whole uh, MK Ultra program that was uh, put together under uh, that Operation Paperclip. Well, MK Ultra and Juliet Engel is the one that talks about this firsthand. She was there. She was one of the children that was made basically a sex tool of the CIA under MK Ultra. And like she said, MK does not mean mind control. MK means mind conf. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a German program and they brought it over. And not only did they bring the program over, the LSD that was such a big part of that mind control process was made uh, by the German uh, military groups through a pharmaceutical company in Switzerland in World War II. And when the uh, CIA was first formed, they, they sent a guy over there basically with a, suit, a, suit cash, a suitcase full of cash and said, buy all of it you can get your hands on. They bought every bit they could get. And uh, and that was the start of the MK Ultra program. I mean, you can't honestly make this stuff up. The history of the world is so screwed up because we've allowed uh, the the worst people in the world to write the history books, and the truth is so far removed from what's really happened. And yeah. people need to understand that. If we're going to be Americans, we need to take our history back. But what we need to do, don't believe me, don't believe Mark, don't believe Carrie, don't believe anybody, but do your own research. Don't be a blockhead. Go out and find all the different sources that are out there and look for yourself. And you'll find out that what we're talking about is absolutely true, whether you want to believe it or not. It's just that simple, right, Mark? It, it is that simple. And as um, I am not in my environment where I suddenly grab that book or grab that book, which I like to do to say, here is, here is the evidence. This is, this is really, really important. Um, I am in an environment where there's a few books here, which would be very, very interesting for people to, uh, to look at. Um, the one is, um, and I, I need to get him on your show for you, which is, uh, Bart Sabril, who, uh, has written, on his website and he has done a lot of research into the fact that no, we didn't go to the moon. So I'll just leave, I'll leave that subject out there for you, uh, out there for you right now. But the, um, but you're absolutely right. We ask people to not believe us, but to go and do the research. But the other thing is, I think, I think there are those times when we need to guide them. We need to guide them. So for argument's sake, books like The Devil's Chessboard, I've forgotten the writer, I have that, where he's talking about, you know, Alan Dulles, Foster Dulles, the whole thing of the CIA and the CIA founding. Then uh, Hammond, I think it's Paul Hammond's book, Operation uh, Gladio, talking mm -hmm. about the cells left within Europe. Now, that is extremely important book. On the back of that is a 
a few little words of uh, positive encouragement by Kevin Ship and another interesting individual called Brent Bolesky. Brent is someone else you need to have on your show along with Kevin. Um, it's been a long time. Now, these are really, really important because they then begin to unpack uh, NATO. Is NATO a defensive organization? Is it an offensive organization? Why is it there? What, what is it there to do? Um, and then as we look at now, uh, let's call him out, the fact that um, Boris Johnson, um, you know, why, when you were prime minister, why have you not sought to the best of your, there's all the effort to, to sit down and create a peace between Russia and the Ukraine. Why is, why are we as a nation, we can't afford this, throwing uh, money at the Ukraine, throwing munitions in there? Why is, uh, of course, we know under the, the Biden correct, um, you know, total disgusting regime, why are they then doing that? We then have to understand that we've got this military industrial complex. Um, Kevin Ship once said to me that Eisenhower missed out an important word, and that is so important. You know, the warning about the military industrial congressional complex. He mm. took the word congressional out. Doesn't that make sense? Because then people would see that people like Lindsey Graham need to be warped and locked up. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Because if we don't say it, these neocons, these absolute, to me, disgusting scumbags that think that this is perfectly acceptable to get, that we've reached a point in the Ukraine where to some reports, they're running out of soldiers. So they are grabbing young children, looks like young children or young men off the street. They are then getting elderly men, like conscripting them, them in. Now, am I sitting here and saying Putin is perfect? Of course I am not. Mm. I am not saying that. But we have a war in Europe. We're looking at the deindustrialization of Germany. We look at uh, Nord Stream 2 blowing up. Seymour Hersh's fantastic article in journalism on that reveals that 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 was an act of war by the American administration on a supposed ally. Sorry, but let's say it. So do I do I I I distinguish between the the sort of the American political debate and all that's gone on and actually American people. And what's happened since Barack Hussein Obama became president? A lot of people, of course, woke up, the Tea Party movement, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But then when we go back, and this is when we're talking to people about educating, and we, we see Herbert Walker Bush gave, you know, in 1992 speech, I think, just after Kyoto, you know, we have an opportunity to build a new world order. I won't do the accent. I don't want to embarrass myself. But when he says, you know, when we're successful mm -hmm. and we will be, and behind him, you know, there's various people clapping and all the rest. Uh, I've forgotten. Dan, what's his name behind there and all the rest. And, and Americans didn't know. And you're absolutely right. Vernon von Braun, you know, in charge of Hitler's rocketry, then becomes head, the first head, of NASA. Now, here, here's another interesting comment, and this is what needs to be looked up 
because it describes where we are. Blinken, who's in the you know State Department, is in the administration at the moment. I was it was explained to me that his father in 1975-ish said that we are basically, yes, we're looking for a new world order. We're going to start looking beyond nation states because we believe that this that uh, this system isn't working. So we need to try something else. And I'm going to tie it up with a really, really important event in recent times that won't surprise you, and that tying it up with the particular day that I have the privilege to talk to you, and actually privileged to be over here on the 4th of July, celebrating Independence Day. Good, because I will celebrate with you, and I am not offended by that, being a Brit. I'm, I wonder whether do I go and buy myself a red coat and stand within all the American people. That's a joke. The key, <laughs> the key, the key is this: is today, on January the sixth, two thousand and twenty-one, thousands, if not millions, millions of patriots went to make their voices heard, as they are allowed to do under the Constitution of the United States to take their grievances to government to say, we were not happy. We felt, we felt that the vote saying that Biden had won was not true and that you have an electoral college and all those votes should have gone back and every all of that system should have been held to account. That's why you have the government that you have. You and I could sit here for a long time discussing, you know, Dominion voting machines, discussing Smartomatic, discussing Lord Mallet Brown, discussing how your voting system has been manipulated, which it mm -hmm. has. And I, I just want to say that if no one has a copy of the book, The American Gulag Chronicles, then please go look up. Please go get it. Yeah, please go get it, www.americangulagchronicles.org. Or .com. Go and look that up and buy that table, that, that coffee table book. Buy it because within that book, it says everything of why of the mess that America is in and they, and they shouldn't be and they shouldn't be there. It was complete, as we know, through our dear, dear friend David Summerall, it's a complete and utter setup. The whole thing was set up. Now, that isn't me in hindsight going, oh, look at what we know. I say that with the total respect. It grieves me. There are many, a number of, you know, a number of people, well over 100, I've forgotten the figure off the top of my head, so please excuse me, who are in, as we're calling them, gulags. There are over a 1,000 people that have been prosecuted, etc., are going to be hauled in the courts and more for what they are perceived as misdemeanors. Now, Stalin in 1917 to 1953 had a gulag gulag policy in. You take people off to be to be reprogrammed, and we have to remember that uh, you know FDR uh, Yalta, I think in uh, 1943 was turning around and going looking to Uncle Joe as he as they would perceive to back him for the creation of the United Nations. Joining this up spiritually. We're in the biggest spiritual battle of our lifetime, as Ephesians no says. We're not fighting flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. That principality is there. 
that whole gulag principality, that whole way of reprogramming people to say, right, this is how we must think on, on, a, on a collective progressive agenda. The New Deal that AOC goes on about is, not, is nothing new. A guy called uh, Story Story wrote a book in 1933 called The New Deal. I've talked about this, I believe, with you in the past, where at the end of that book, it basically makes a reference to, it makes a reference to communism within Russia at that time, saying, why should Russia have all the fun? So if you've got those comments embedded within within your culture, if you've got the fact that the 45 points of communism were put into the congressional record, I think in 19... Is it 1963, maybe? But um, the you know, Skousen's book yeah, raise, cool. raises that. Skousen's yeah, book raises that. Um, and I'm not saying any of this to be to sound like some clever ass on this side of the pond. I'm saying this because I want people to go and read this stuff and understand this stuff and get their head around it and to be to be passionate about it. Because on Sunday, I felt I met a sort of comment that was, well, we have to be, yes, we have to be as uh, as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. But you then felt that within that sort of church or this Christian framework that, oh, you, we, we can't really upset anyone. We can't upset. We have to be very careful with how much of the truth we hang out. Well, I don't think we've got time for that. No, we don't. I don't think we don't have time for that. We can't, mm -hmm. we can't couch this any anymore. Right. And um, that's why I've always spoken to you where I've said it. It's like an art. We have to build this whole art of conversation to explain history. When, um, when we then discover that Jean Monnet, who was the, one of the architects, if not the main architect of the uh, common market that became the EU, which is the United States of Europe, without the Marshall Plan, um, sorry, without the Constitution of the United States, and that actually the rebuilding of Europe was not, was not Marshall's plan, Jean Monnet, gave him that mm -hmm. so we are we are we are fighting huge principalities and powers and education is the way that we need of course it's through prayer of course with all the spiritual weapons at our disposal that the that the bible talks about but we have to we have to learn history and engage and when coming right up today when we discover that you know uh, this whole thing of we had promised that when the when the wall came down, when the, when when the when Russia, in that sense, completely communism went, I do believe that that spirit then came over to the West. Frankly, um, actually, we, uh, Mark and I, I, I think you know this, but I say that it was all part of a plan. That mm, communism never mm, ended; yeah, it never yeah. died. Yeah. It uh, strictly, as uh, Mikhail Gorbachev said, uh, it was designed to go underground and and really attack the institutions of the free world in a way that uh, couldn't happen if we were in a cold war. Uh, Mark, I, I see that Kate uh, Kate is uh, on here. Can I, I want to welcome her to the podcast? Yeah. 
Uh, Kate, I, I apologize for such late notice uh, to have you as a guest on the program, but uh, uh, Carrie Madej uh, graciously agreed to talk with us on uh, Independence Day, and I thought, you know, let's get the, the, the Brits that are part of the movement uh, to create a free world again back on the podcast. So, uh, Kate, welcome back. How's that? Yeah, perfect. We've got yeah, you. Perfect. We've got you. Okay, so I must apologize for being late, but I'm a woman that does. And I'm forever looking for solutions. So I drove this morning at 7.30 all the way to Liverpool and did my intravenous uh, vitamins course because I wanted to make sure all these doctors can get trained in it and the nurses. So I was setting all that up. So I've just done it, finished it. And I'm now driving back down another five hours in the car. You see the things us women all do for freedom. Um, I was listening to Mark, and I'm loving the moustache, Mark. Um, Mark was talking about the COVID inquiry. What a joke. That COVID inquiry is going to take 10 years. Now, in the UK, we have the Gosport inquiry, which was about the murder of, I think it was, they said 400. Trust me, it was a lot more than that. It was over 800 elderly. And the Gosport inquiry is just going on now. And that was 35 years ago. So the chances of any of those relatives being alive and justice being sought is quite slim. So when I hear that there's a COVID inquiry that's going to take up to 10 years to do, that will mean that anyone who wishes to bring uh, anything to the table for, uh, you know, to be presented to the judicial system, they can turn around and say, well, the inquiry is still going on. We can't right. do anything yet. Right. So if you look at that, it's a 10 year inquiry. Who is still going to be alive in 10 years of those that have had this bioengineering shot? I'm reaping havoc with the cars here. Um, who is still going to be alive? Uh, to take this on. And also we've got that jug-eared bloke who people keep saying he's a king. He's not my king. Only the Lord Jesus is my king. Uh, and just to say he's supposed to be the head of the Church of England, but he had uh, an adulterous affair with uh, Camilla. But actually in one piece of uh, tape recordings, he was stating he wanted to be a tampon. This is when he was married to Princess Diana. So yeah, 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 I'll take it down to base level for you. And um, so we've got him with that little pint-sized Sadiq Khan. I do feel like I'm living offshore India at the moment in the UK, uh, saying that we've got till 2031 to save ourselves from global warming. And they've just hit a switch, hit this, this timer switch which is about how we're all going to perish unless we stop global warming as he heads off onto his luxury yacht. I mean, it's an absolute joke what they're doing, but it isn't what they're doing, is it? It's what we are allowing. It's what right. we are allowing. Right. We're allowing a 10-year um, COVID inquiry, which is being... It made me laugh, really, because what are they going to do? Interview the RN nurses? What would they be? The real narcissists? Or how about the MDs, the murdering doctors. Um, what are they going to ask the perpetrators? It's so ridiculous. You're it's like taking a, you know, a knife to a gunfight. We know who did it. We've got the murder weapon. We've got the victims. 
and everyone's sitting there going, oh, and, and with respect, I know that Mark's mentioned Andrew Bridgen. Um, if you watch the camera footage of Andrew Bridgen when he goes into their arena, when he starts talking, they all leave. So he's talking to a, a vacuum. There's no one listening. Mm -hmm. No one listening. So it, it, it's, there was a meeting, I can tell everybody here right now, and I know this to be 100% true. There was a meeting in Parliament a couple of weeks ago on a Wednesday evening. And at that meeting was Andrew Bridgen, and many MPs were invited. And it was the loved ones, the relatives of people who were murdered with five to seven times the dose of midazolam and morphine and whatever else garbage lethal dose drug they gave them and they all rocked up at parliament with the cameras on but as it turns out apparently there's no camera footage and there was no transcript either and only one mp turned up so what was that was it just lip service clearly it was just another um another sort of false prophet where people think, oh, they're going to save us. They're going to save us. No one is coming to save us. No one. Right. No one's Except going to us. do it. Except exactly. We have to do it for ourselves. We're told to walk in authority. When we give our, you know, when we try to save our lives, we lose our lives. When we give our lives to Christ, we save our lives. And now I've realized that by standing up, and telling the truth and never wavering, and I really haven't, and Mark knows me, and I met the very beautiful Carrie Bidet at Tyburn recently, and she's far more lovely in the flesh than what she could ever be on screen. That's what everyone kept saying. She almost looks surreal. She's like an angel when you see her. It's, it's quite daunting. And, but, but she's there. And she's told the truth, nothing's happened to her. And just like me, I've told the truth, I've remained with the truth and the opportunities that come my way and have continued to come my way. And the Lord provides for every piece of my business that they wrecked, I've got it back tenfold. I'm not driven by money, I'm driven by love for my fellow man and the, the need to want to do it right and to speak the truth. So. No one's coming to save us. We have to each do our parts. And, um, you know, people are sitting in their homes with their keyboards, tap, 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 and letting the 2% go out there and do it. Well, they're going to get caught in those waves, like when, you know, the, the sea parted so that the people could be saved. They're going to get caught when those waves go back over. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to do it. And, for people that are going to these festivals and chanting freedom and spending all their money, well, again, it's a little bit a false profit for me because what did I spend my money on? I bought a greenhouse. Um, I, I, I bought a log burner. Well, I got that for looking after someone's chihuahua, actually. Um, <laughs> I love business for business. But I, I, you know, I bought loads of seeds. I've started to look at how am I gonna get through this, buying all the natural therapies. And I know that Carrie's doing is doing the same. So it's, you know, I'm getting chickens, um, my chicken coops going up. So it's like, how am I gonna get through this? What am I gonna use? What am I gonna do? And um, 
that that's where I'm looking. I'm not I'm not thinking I'm going to go and join a group and chant freedom. I'm going to actually look in my back garden. And, and already my own neighbors who have had, well, I don't know, six, seven shots. I mean, they're really jabbed up. Um, they're actually telling me now they're not having any more. Am I going to be selling my eggs? Well, they asked if I was going to be giving them, and I said, no, I'll be selling them to you. So people are, uh, you know, I just went to this clinic and a patient walked in and recognized me. I went to my local supermarket and three people came up and thanked me and hugged me. People are, are beginning to see what's going on. And they're now thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? So that's what we need to do. We need to turn off all that white noise have some quiet time and the Lord will tell us, we'll hear it in our heads. You need to do this. You need to do this. And you do, you'll get that hunch, that idea, but that's the Holy Spirit coming in you and telling you. Anyway, I've bled the dawn. As you can see, I'm in my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Kate, what you described too with this, uh, this, this process, this hearing process, process that you're talking process. about, sounds an awful lot like the Warren Commission. Uh, you know, obviously John Kennedy was killed. He was assassinated by within, uh, well, I won't go into all the gory details, but certainly it was with knowledge of many people within our own government. And uh, as a result of that, they sealed the records until two years ago. And frankly, uh, it was a real problem that uh, at the time Donald Trump was president, I guess it was three years ago, uh, he didn't open those records up. And the Warren Commission reports are still silent to the American people. Wow. So... So, you know, all of these things where people say, um, like, like what I was just saying about the COVID inquiry and the Gosport inquiry of 35 years ago, 35 years ago, and they're investigating it now. Actually, you don't need to open a file. There'll be enough testimonies of enough people that remained silent at the time for the truth to already be there. And I think, you know, anybody, everybody, everybody, you know, I, I'm, you know, a 1965 baby. So I should technically know nothing about Kennedy and nothing about the Vietnam War. But of course, I do know about it because it continues to be drip fed. Just slightly digressing, Dan. I'm sure all of your viewers, and I'm sure you have, you're looking at what's going on in France right now. And the French police say this is war. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not rioters. They're coming at us with Molotov cocktails and slabs of concrete. Uh, they want to kill us. And it, it reminded me of before I got married, and let me tell you, that's a scary thought, but um, when, I, when I met my ex-husband, and he's, he's Iranian, and I have four beautiful children to thank him for, um, I went, and went to the library in the days when we didn't have the internet, we would go to the library, and I got as many books as I could out of the library on uh, the Iran-Iraq war, the Iranian revolution, and I went off to a nine-day Osaka trip. I was working for British Airways, 
and I was in a soccer and sitting in co a coffee shop and I was reading these books. And when I saw what was happening in France, it reminds me, it's almost identical to what I read about when Mossadegh was in power in Iran and the Americans and the British were taking the oil and Mossadegh was, I believe, American educated. He said, you're not having, you're not having our oil anymore for those prices, we're gonna put it up. And so the, I think it was the CIA along with the Brits, they paid for agitators, agitators in the streets to do rioting, just like what you're seeing. And then they bought Ayatollah Khomeini from Paris and they put him in power and, it, and were you know, instrumental in the Islamic revolution where it was so desperate and the situation that the people were crying out for an Islamic revolution. And I, I'm not really political, and I didn't know anything about political, so I was just a Barbie doll nurse and an air hostess, but I, I've had to take more notice. Just like when I was married, I let my husband run the finances, and when we got divorced, I had to suddenly wake up to the fact you should never, ever, ever leave someone else in charge of the money. But, um, <laughs> I re yeah, they said, what is it they say? Never marry a wealthy spouse or rely on a trust fund because either of them can run out at any time. <laughs> I love that one, ladies. Mm -hmm. um, but when I saw what was happening in France, I immediately was taken back to my late 20s of the book I read on the Islamic Revolution and how it came about. And something is definitely off in France, and it just looks like exactly that. This is an agenda, a lot of those, what they're doing, and it's paid, and the cops are doing very little. The French people don't like the cops, the actual French people. You know, they remember what went on in the Second World War, the French allied, even the Polish. Um, you know, the Polish Highlanders collaborated with the Nazis, and the people had their own course and sorted them all out, hung them all. But it's interesting what's happening now. And it's the French nationals that are on the streets at night trying to stop it themselves. I don't know whether you've seen a lot of that going I on have. down. Mm -hmm. I have. Mm -hmm. And it's very, it's very interesting if you go back and look at the footage just before the Islamic Revolution. If you go and look at it, it's identical. That's amazing. And That's I'm, amazing. I'm not in That's any, I, I'm not. Uh, you know, I was I was brought up, um, you know, the, the only Iranians where I lived owned a kebab shop or a chip shop. And we were told, oh, Iran, they're terrible. You know, don't go to Iran. You know, they'll have, they'll have you, they'll keep you there. You know, the movie, Not Without My Daughter, about Iran. Um, it's all not true. Iranian people are the most humble and wonderful people. Wonderful people, the most hospitable people. And... Um, and it was a very wonderful country. It was the playground of the mm -hmm. rich and famous. Mm -hmm. And everybody wanted to go there, just like Lebanon. And then you, you saw this revolution. And then the, all of a sudden, the Shah that everybody loved, was always in America. The Americans used to go there. Suddenly, he was exiled. And then we had, you know, the Islamic Revolution. And then, then we saw, you know, Brit I think it was Britain and America, they loaned weapons to Iraq to, to be around. Then the next thing, Iraq's brought down, you know, with the George Bush and the, the five nations, what was it, the axis of evil? Right. So all of right. all of this, you know, I 
I just happened to, re you know, I was married to an Iranian. He, he, he came to Britain when he was 14, but I saw a different side. But then when I read all these books in my own libraries, the, and I started to read it all, I was really shocked because it's nothing is what I was taught. Nothing. It's all a lie. Medicine's a lie. The wars are a lie. Everything's a lie. In fact, I don't even know if I'm real anymore. <laughs> but you'll see me at the Red Pill Expo. You can decide for yourself. And I might uh, wear that red jacket, Mark. Well, uh, Kate, as a matter of fact, we, we're getting out of time here. And I did want to mention the fact that you're going to be a speaker at the upcoming Red Pill Expo in Des Moines, Iowa on the 12th and 13th of August. Uh, you are an absolute fireball. And I really, really hope uh, people come to the event, if nothing, to see Kate, because she is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I also uh, know that also my know friend that Mark is uh, planning Marcus on being there as well. Being there as well. So fabulous. With, uh, yeah. Good double act. Yeah. I work for TNT on a Sunday now. Uh, please do tune into that TNT live. Um, it's uh, 10, uh, 10 a, no, 11 a.m. GMT, 11 a.m. GMT which is 12 okay. British summertime. Okay. And I'm doing medical crimes in tyrannical times and I've had some great guests on. So I decided to really poke the hornet's nest now. You know, uh, uh, G. Edward Griffin in his honor, I've been covering the whole cancer thing now, just to, because in, in the UK, we have the 1939 Cancer Act. Mm -hmm. You even mention it and you go to jail. So uh, you, you mentioned wow. cure, so, you know, I'm covering it all. And we've got to do that. We've got to we've got to expose everything now. It's an amazing time in history. Please don't lose the faith. That's Never right. before have That's so right. many people, so many people, the common man in the street, known to look on PubMed and known about vaccines. It's and all these pompous ass doctors with their letters after their names, thinking they're so important. And all of a sudden, the fact that you can't catch a virus, the germ theory, their qualifications are going to disappear into the ether. It's an amazing time to be alive. Yeah, you're you're absolutely yeah, you're, right, you're absolutely Kate. Right. Uh, we Kate, are so, uh, honored, we to are so honored to be here on this earth right this now to fight this right battle now, between good and evil. Between good and evil. Absolutely. Okay. Amen to that. Okay. Amen to that. Mark, Amen do you have anything Mark, you wanted to say? Well, that, that, it's rather well, difficult that, to follow that, a friend of mine. Okay, I'll, I'll catch up with you. But we just wish wish everyone a happy 4th of July and Independence Day from our side of the pond. We stand with you. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, oh, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to LA, where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. Forget the men.
Cause there ain't no doubt 